guys, this is the OG of the HRC, and we are here in Washington, D.C., and I'm so excited. We are in the offices of Vital Voices, an amazing nonprofit, and I am here with Zoe Dean-Smith, which that is a fabulous name, by the way. I love thank it. Thank you. Um, so first and foremost, thank you so much for being here, taking time out of your very busy day. You're a busy lady, I know. So first and foremost, what is Vital Voices? Well, thank you very much for having me with you today. Mm -hmm. um, Vital Voices is an international nonprofit organization that invests in women who are solving the world's greatest challenges. Since we were founded in 1997, we've searched the world for women with a daring vision for change. Then we partner with her to make that vision a reality. We really believe that investing in a leader impacts entire communities at a time. We work with women leaders to get them the training, network, and resources they need to bring their already successful solutions to scale so that their impact can be felt by more people. And we work with women who are solving a wide range of problems. So primarily they're women who are advancing economic empowerment and entrepreneurship, women protecting human rights and ending gender-based violence, and women who are making and influencing policy around the world. So it's pretty cool work. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, who would not want to be in this building? I mean, if you're, if you believe, I mean, fantastic. So how did you become part on board with Vital Voices? That's a really interesting <laughs> question and not a short answer. Um, in 2005, I was um, living in my home country of Swaziland, which is now known as Eswatini. And I was running a handcraft social enterprise called Gone Rural, which works with um, about 700 rural women artisans. And I had just uh, um, been notified by the International Finance Corporation that I had been, I, I was a candidate to win an award. So I went to Ghana to a conference to receive this award and um, to give a keynote speech. And at that conference, Elise Nelson, president and CEO of Vital Voices came and attended my keynote. And uh, at the end of it, I was wearing a beautiful beaded necklace from South Africa. And she came and she said, where's that necklace from? She was fascinated by it. So we got chatting and she said, oh, there's a little booth just around the corner where I'm going to buy one of those. And I knew the booth around the corner and they were basically making replicas of these beautiful um, oh necklaces. God. And my whole passion at the time was on product replication, how many handcrafted products were being copied around the world. So I gave her this huge lecture on why people shouldn't be copying um, other people's <laughs> products. And we exchanged um, business cards and I completely forgot about the conversation. And then in 2007, Elise invited me to a summit in Cape Town, the Vital Voices Summit. And I was just blown away when I went by, um, there were about 200 women there and about 20 girls. And the girls had been invited to a two-day mentoring program before the summit. Mm. And so when they joined the summit, these were young girls, they were 16, 17 year olds, and they were standing up in these plenary sessions with global women leaders and talking about how they were gonna go back to their country and make change. And I was just so inspired. My mind was blown by the whole idea of mentorship. So after that, um, I figured this is something I want to take back to Swaziland because we didn't have a culture of mentorship. So I went back and um, 
started thinking about how I could do that. And at the same time, I really wanted to be involved with Vital Voices. So I kept on pinging Elise and saying, how can I be involved? (laughs) And uh, we'd also had a marketplace at that summit where uh, we were selling our handcrafted products as well as other organizations that were there. And so they invited me to come to a workshop as, again, as a keynote speaker. And after that, I offered to host the next handcraft development workshop in Swaziland. Mm-hmm. And from there, I actually became a consultant for Vital Voices and ended up working from Swaziland for four years, running what we called our Entrepreneurs in Handcrafts program. Mm-hmm. Then there was about a, um, uh, let me think, about an 18-month break where I actually joined Coca-Cola and worked for the Coca-Cola Africa Foundation and for various reasons decided I couldn't stay. And I actually resigned without a job to go to. And the very day after I resigned, Elise emailed me and she said, what are you doing? So I said, well, I resigned yesterday. I'm not quite sure. And she said, well, listen, we have a position here in Washington, D.C., and we think you'd be the perfect candidate for this. Would you be interested? And my answer was, let me think about that. Yes. And so um, I actually moved here in 2013 and started by running our global leadership programs, and then we restructured the organization. So for the last two years, I've been heading up our economic empowerment and entrepreneurship programs. So there's your story. (laughs) That is one amazing story. Wow, that's also an amazing life that you've had just in that short period. I mean, I'm sure you have so much more to your life, but wow, that's overwhelmed. I'm very (laughs) overwhelmed. So your title is Vice President now of Economic Empowerment and Entrepreneurship, which is such a handful, I mean like a wordful. Yep. So what exactly does that mean for you on okay. your day to day? So our acronym, of course, is EEE. <laughs> and um, what we do is we have three programs that we run and we have a pitch competition. So we've got a team of 10 here within Vital Voices. Um, and perhaps I can give you a little overview of yeah, the programs. Please, yes. Okay. So the first one is our VV Grow Fellowship, and it's a leading global global accelerator program for women owners of small and medium-sized businesses from around the world. And it includes customized business skills training, leadership development, technical assistance, and access to um, networks. So we provide the women with online and in-person trainings, um, focusing on strategy and helping them build their long-term vision for their businesses. And it helps them gain knowledge and skills in strategic planning, financial management, sales and marketing, um, human resource management, and communications. So that's one, and that's our longest program that we have. The second one is our Global Ambassadors Program, which is a partnership with um, Bank of America. And in this program, we work again with women entrepreneurs and social entrepreneurs who are really at a tipping point in terms of their professional um, career journey. Mm -hmm. And we match them with established women executives, usually from large multinational corporations for a week of mentoring and and training. And so we take this program around the world um, to different parts of the world. we hold two or three programs every year. And it's a really sort of immersive immersive approach to mentoring, uh, where again, we have similar trainers to the, the Grow Fellowship. So we're focusing on this, uh, similar things, strategic planning, financial management, et cetera. And then there's some sort of deep dive in individual one-on-one mentoring where your the mentee works with the same mentor for that week. So what I love about that is that the mentees are women who are sort of managing revenues of between about $150,000 and about 10 million. And so they know what they don't know. But in most cases, when they come into the program, they're really 
in the weeds of their businesses, sort of focusing on the day-to-day, trying to survive, keep things going. And so having that mentor gives them almost what I'd call a helicopter view, you know, the 40,000-foot perspective (laughs) of like, well, here's the bigger picture. And oftentimes it moves the mentee completely out of her comfort zone into thinking about things that she wouldn't otherwise have considered. Right. So then the the third program that we run is a a fabulous, um, it's been described as a three-legged pot. Um, It's a public-private partnership, and it's called the Fortune U.S. Department of State Global Women's Mentoring Partnership. So it's quite a quite a long title. <laughs> we call it the Fortune Program, and it's a partnership with, between the U.S. Department of State, Vital Voices, and Fortune's Most Powerful Women. Mm-hmm. And so, what happens in that program is uh, we link some of America's most accomplished leaders from. Um, with international women professionals from around the world and the program is a month long and what happens is that the uh, the the mentees are selected by the um, department of state Mm. they come here to washington dc and they spend a week with us here at our offices at vital voices Mm. where we do a lot of training on leadership and communications and we um, give them exposure to some of the exceptional women leaders that we have here in dc and then they go and spend 10 days in a Fortune 500 company, being mentored by one particular woman and then a community of mentors within that company. And then we bring them all back together um, at the end of those 10 days to New York City for three days uh, where they attend the Fortune's Most Powerful Women dinner. (laughs) And and then we have kind of a wrap-up and then they go back home. And then the the fourth piece, which is not actually a program, but is really, really exciting. We launched this in 2018, is the We Empower UN SDG Challenge. in case, uh, in case you're not sure what those acronyms are, the UN, of course, is the United <laughs> Nations and SDG is the Sustainable Development Goals. And so what we're doing, um, this is the first of its kind business competition for women entrepreneurs who are, who are addressing the sustainable development goals and inspiring entire communities to create the world that we want by 2030. So we honor five women entrepreneurs from the the different regions of the world. Um, And what we do is we bring them together in New York City in the week of the United Nations General Assembly. And in that week, they get to attend one or two sessions of the United Nations General Assembly. And then they have this amazing opportunity to pitch their business idea to an audience of about 200 people. And this this event is hosted by our Vital Voices board chair, Diane von Furstenberg. Uh, yeah. The incredible, <laughs> incredible She's fashion designer. She's literally my favorite designer. I'm not just saying that. I'm <clears throat> I have like six of her dresses. Fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so the pitch competition is held in her studio in New York City. Mm. And the, the fabulous thing about it is that the audience votes for the winner. And, and the winner wins a, a grant of $20,000. And um, so over and above that, as you probably guessed, with our incredible Vital Voices Network, all of those women, the, the We Empower um, uh, awardees, the, the, the Fortune and uh, Grow um, mentees and fellows, all receive a lot of um, broad networks and visibility mm-hmm. through, through what we do, through our work. So it's really, really exciting work. Wow, that's- it's amazing. Yeah. The yep. We Empower, I know about it because of Diane Von Persever. Yeah. It's a remarkable, and I'm so, I, I'm so, I don't want to say proud. I don't know the woman, <laughs> but yeah. I just feel so like proud of her that she's so much more than just this designer. And she is all about women empowerment. And 
I think that that is key to everything. Is yeah. that we empower each other, we can change the world. Yep. You know? She's such a visionary, you know. Yes. She's such a visionary and she is such an icon mm-hmm. in terms of... Um, inspiring women to be the best that they can be exactly that's exactly what it is no matter who you are how small big doesn't matter just be the best that you can be her book was her autobiography i read it in like a day because i just was so inspired by her she's she's fantastic (laughs) yes and and she's a great businesswoman yeah really smart (laughs) businesswoman that rap dress everything i mean they're still relevant to this day so how important is mentorship for women would you say Well, Vital Voices was created on the belief that power expands when it is shared, as we all know, and that women fundamentally lead differently, that they use their power to empower other people, as you just said. So that in its essence for us is mentoring. And um, our programs focus heavily on the power of mentorship because we see how impactful it is on both sides. And uh, within Vital Voices, we see very different kinds of mentorship. So you have your traditional one-on-one mentorship. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of peer mentorship where when you bring women together, they will share their best practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And in fact, a a fabulous example I can give of that is um, last year, in 2019, we did our Vivi Grow Fellowship. We brought all of our fellows together in Amsterdam. So we had 45 women entrepreneurs from around the world together in a room, and they had seen each other online for six months right. on all of our webinars and training <laughs> um, webinars. And we brought them into the room together, and there were two women who were both chili farmers. One was from Latin America and one was from Africa. And in that room, they started sharing their best practice with each other oh. and, and also started talking about going to the same trade shows and sharing oh that kind gosh. of information. So there's that. There's a, another great one that, that I love is the idea of reverse mentoring where you'll have an older person finding a mentor in a younger person. Um, And then we've done things like flash mentoring, where it's five minutes that you spend with someone and then you move on to the next person. (laughs) So obviously with that, you have to be really prepared in in terms of what are my questions that I want to ask. But it is incredibly powerful. Um, Another thing that we've learned and that we've seen from mentorship, which is I think a benefit for the mentors, is often you'll bring them into a room with their mentees and you know, as you've probably gathered from the women that we've talked about so Mm -hmm. far, the women who are making real change in the world, the mentors are so inspired by their mentees. And we've had situations where a mentee has inspired a mentor so much that the mentor has gone and changed her entire (laughs) career path. You know, she might have been a really successful women executive and has a mentee who's running a nonprofit and thinks, hang on, what am I doing with my life and my time and my skills and my resources? I could be doing something more that reaches more people. So it is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, The other thing that I love about mentorship is that it's basically free. You don't have to pay for it, right. you know. So provided that both sides of the uh, of the equation have the time available, mm-hmm. um, it can be done anywhere. You could be sitting next to someone on a plane right. or wherever it is, and and it it it's crosses all age ranges, mm-hmm. you know, from very young people to really old people. Right. I see it as as you're talking about it now. I'm a very visual person. I'm seeing it as like a circle, and it just never ends. It's just this yep. goes leads to this, and it's just there's no age. Like you said, no age. There's no that's, it's phenomenal. I yep. just, I'm so always inspired when women, we just let it all down and we just say, let's help each other. Let's yep. do this. Cause we're, it's, it's tough. It's yep. tough being a woman. So it is no matter where you are. So I think that that's 
Remarkable. So besides Vital Voices, you've always been deeply involved in women and girls' rights. How did empowering women globally become your calling? I have another funny story <laughs> about that. So my career journey actually is a crazy one. I have one of those resumes that you zigzags all over the place and could never have been predicted. Um, I actually, when I left school, I did architecture for about 15 years. Wow. And then I went, I landed up working in um, a microfinance institute for about three years, <laughs> hopped from that into industrial catering for a year. Somewhere in that mix at the age of 30, I spent a year at Club Med as a water skiing instructor <laughs> in Mauritius. Um, and then um, as well as all of that, I've done a lot of amateur theater. <clears throat> wow. And in Swaziland, um, I did a production of the Rocky Horror Show. I don't know if you know the music. <laughs> I do, of course I yes. do. Time Warp. Yeah, of course. I saw it at midnight one time. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. So um, I did a production of the Rocky Horror and there was a woman called Jenny Thorne who I um, cast as Magenta in the show. So we did the show and at the time I was working in the Microfinance Institute, that closed down did the industrial catering, hated the job, started looking for something else. And I bumped into Jenny one day and she said, listen, um, if you're looking for something, I have this handcraft uh, business that I'm running and I would love you to bring those organizational skills that I saw in that production of the Rocky Horror and help me grow my business. And I thought, oh, okay. And I'd been offered a job um, also running a computer company. And literally my decision was made of human beings and handcraft or computers. And I thought, I actually don't want to work with machines. I want to work with people. So I thought I'll join her for a little while and, and I'll see how it goes. And I joined her and it was, it was a social enterprise. It had been established a number of years earlier and it, it, she was really wanting to make measurable change to to those women help them really have an impact in their communities so at that time she was working with 600 women artisans around Swaziland in about 13 different groups and so um, her idea was income generation you know mm -hmm. showing them bringing beautiful new designs to the traditional skills that they already had and then we were exporting these products around the world and the product were, was traditionally tableware and then some homeware products so placemats coasters table right. runners that kind of thing over and above that she had partnered with a friend of hers jane cox and they had been trying to take things like vitamin supplements um reading glasses and things like that to the women who um Normally, those kinds of women that we're talking about, the, the artisans live in rural communities with no running water, no electricity. So mm -hmm. when they do work, once they finish doing everything else that they're doing, like caring for the fields, fetching water, fetching firewood, feeding their families, etc., it would be nighttime when they were doing their, their plaiting of mm -hmm. placemats, etc. So doing that by candlelight. So things like reading glasses were really helpful. So for me, this was a really, really different thing. If you think back to like architecture, industrial <laughs> catering, that's all about, you know, sort of very clinical in a way kind of businesses. And very masculine. Too. Very masculine. Yeah. And, and this was, it was the first time where I felt I was in a job where my everyday work was impacting on so many people more than just myself. And so Jenny introduced me to that. And it, it was the start of my love of 
women's economic empowerment and and it's through through um gone rural and through jenny that i met vital voices and began an extraordinary extraordinary journey and um it's funny jenny passed away about four years after i joined her in that business so um i when i joined her i thought i'll do this for a couple of years and then i'll get bored and i'll move <laughs> on but obviously when she when she died i felt i felt that responsibility solidly on my shoulders mm. of those 700 women and you probably don't know but um Swaziland, I think, still has the highest HIV infection rate in the world. Yeah, I read that. Yeah. And um, so we knew that at around that time that each of those women that we were working with were um, supporting an average or seven or eight um, dependents. So these could have been their grandchildren, um, other children in the community. So that business still to this day impacts probably more than about 6,000 rural Swazi people. So it was a massive, massive responsibility. And, and I loved my time there, loved, loved, loved it. Um, and, and actually when I left and started doing work with, um, consulting work with Vital Voices, it was in that same realm. It was taking handcraft and sort of taking it to a broader um, global right, network right. of women entrepreneurs. Right. So it's been a really, really um, rewarding mm -hmm. um, and inspiring journey. I'm, in, I'm inspired by every single one of the women that, that I've worked with over the, these years. And, and as you sort of have a conversation with any of them, you can, you see the soul in their eyes, mm -hmm. you can feel their passion, you know, even if they're struggling to, to, to keep things together, to keep moving forward, because they have so many different challenges in their different countries. It's just, it just feels like, I feel it to the depths of my toes that this, this is kind of like my DNA. And um, I'm so glad that I found the path, even though it was a little bit later in my life. Yeah, but here you are. And I mean, you've had quite a journey. Oh, yeah. And you've made had an impact <laughs> in that journey. So that's, your calling is your calling. I believe in that. I definitely believe in that. So what are <clears throat> some of the countries that you see a shift in a positive light for women? Well, I have to tell you, my favorite, favorite world leader at the moment, of course, is Jacinda Ardern. Right. I <laughs> so, Prime Minister of New Zealand. Yes. I think she is just such a rock star yeah. uh, for so many different reasons. I think, you know, she's embracing so many uh, challenges really, really quickly, mm -hmm. uh, which is extraordinary and seems to have so much support from, from her country. Um, and, and I think she's a great, uh, great example of, of leadership. She's kind of like, as, as I see her, I think she's a no-nonsense leader. Um, I actually, oh, yeah. I love following her on Instagram yeah, uh, and, yeah. and following her, her posts that, you know, she wrote, yeah, she exactly. doesn't have somebody else writing them for her. <laughs> There's no and, staff there. Yeah. yeah brutally honest. Um, brutally honest. Yes. Yeah. So uh, she's wonderful. And, and actually a thought that I had in my mind was, I wonder how many little baby girls are going to be called Jacinda oh, <laughs> in the next exactly. couple of years. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So Swaziland is your home country. <clears throat> And you were based there with Vital Voices for a time, like you said. And each of us is always proud of our home country. So how has Swaziland shaped you to become the woman you are? It's, re it's a really interesting question. I was born in Swaziland, mm -hmm. so I've lived there the majority of my life. And um, it's a tiny little country. It's the size of the state of New Jersey. Wow. So it's really small. It's, I think, 17,384 square kilometers or something like wow. that. Um, and um, there are many beautiful aspects to the country. Uh, in terms of landscape, it's an extraordinary country. It's got everything. It's got mountains, 
incredible mountains for hiking, mm. um, rock climbing, that kind of thing. There's a subtropical kind of a band within the country. So where I lived before I moved here, I actually lived on a pineapple farm. <laughs> and and there's lots of banana plantations, sugar cane, etc. There's a little, uh, there's a lot of wildlife in the country. So um, as a tourist, it's a great place to visit. I think the one thing which is um, the most precious about Swaziland is that it is one tribe, the Swazi tribe, mm. and they are an incredibly friendly nation. Mm. So as you cross the border in from South, uh, South Africa or Mozambique, which those the two countries yeah. that border Swaziland, you kind of feel like the minute you cross the border, you can chill. You know, everyone is a little bit more laid back maybe than you're used to. Yeah. Um, and they're very friendly, warm people. What I would say about the women that um, I've worked with over the years is that they're incredibly resilient. Mm. Um, they're, they're, and they're also, they have deep faith. Deep faith in themselves, deep faith in their community, deep faith in their culture. And um, as, I, as I think about them now, I just see sort of like a tall woman with a very strong upright spine with strong strong beliefs and and they hold the families together mm -hmm. so um when i think about them it's it's in terms of um i think positive positive power mm. but peaceful power mm -hmm. the two p's peaceful yeah. and positive power which is yeah. what we want which is yeah. what our goal is always. absolutely <laughs> usually we see that in women not men so yeah yes <laughs> So um, what keeps you inspired every day to keep pushing through, to keep doing what you're doing? I think the things that inspire me most are probably the things that I've talked about already. Mm -hmm. It's the women that we work with. And um, I think that, um, I, I don't know about everybody else on the staff within Vital Voices, but I know for me, I feel like um, I am an important cog in a wheel that is moving a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So we work as teams and we work with incredible women around the world. So we are able to use our skills, our knowledge and our resources to m help others make change. So it might be just something as simple as meeting one of our alumni who says, I have a particular need and I'll think, oh yes, I know a woman here right. who can help with that and making those connections so it's it's I, I think i guess it's that it's knowing that that what we can do collectively has a great impact mm -hmm. um and then also that every day is different every day brings different challenges every day brings different successes and right. great stories so I think it's that. And, and I love being in this space. I love being in the space of women's empowerment, economic entrepreneur, you know, yeah. empowerment and entrepreneurship <laughs> is amazing. Especially if you think about things like, for example, if we did a training on financial management and we had a woman who was running her business pretty well, and there's just that one missing link and she hears from a trainer or a coach, here's how you fix that. And she can go home and make massive change right. and scale up her business her organization her impact that's what's super exciting yeah that's 
life-changing. Yes. Life-changing for her and for you, everyone, everyone yes. around to see that, to yes. witness that. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I think one thing I'd, I'd like to add yeah. in also is uh, one of the things that we've started doing as well within our programs is we've started doing sort of wellness programs mm. and also thinking about personal development. So we have a workshop where we work with the women to also think about their personal goals outside of what they're doing in their organizations, whether it's in human rights or political and civic engagement or entrepreneurship is to think about who they are as an individual you know what mm. do they want to establish some health goals some spirituality and faith goals right. what about personal finance those kinds of things so right. we have the opportunity to do that and that also inspires me sort of knowing that we're giving them an opportunity to take time in their lives to regroup on those important things. Because if you're not taking care of a woman as, as a whole, mm -hmm. she's depleting her reserves. Right. So having that combination is, is also really, really powerful. Yeah. And watching, watching the ripple effect of that as well, where they'll come and say, you know what, I've started meditating for 15 minutes every day and I can't believe the difference it's making right. in my life. Right. My staff love me more, you know, whatever it <laughs> right. is. Right. Um, no, it's true. We, as as yeah. women, we're always being pulled in a million different directions, whether you're a mom or a wife or whatever. You're just pulled because things can just be a little bit harder for us. So we're just, we're the nurturers. That's what we do. So you're absolutely right. Taking that time to assess is, is brilliant. So I have to say this. I was doing research and I went on your Instagram and you went to the DVF Awards, which I'm so jealous because RBG, HRC, and DB are like my girls all around. You were there. So tell me what that felt like being in that room with all, and I'm a million other amazing women too, but how did that feel? <laughs> so if you went onto my Instagram post, you will know, I think I started that post by saying, oh my goodness, this was one of those yeah. pinch me moments. Yeah. It was extraordinary on so many different levels. Um, I think the first one that I do have to talk about is the Library of Congress. Oh. What an extraordinary building. Have you been there before? I had not. Oh, okay. So yeah, that that's... just added to the pinch <laughs> me moment. level. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. Um, just the most magnificent building. And um, of course, then being in the room with those women, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I, I have to admit that until I joined Vital Voices, I didn't know who she was. Wow. And, and in fact, I, I suspect that there are probably a lot of women and girls around the world who don't know who right. she is because they're not based here in the United right. States. And I have to actually tell you that um, I ordered a copy of the RBG film for my oh. goddaughter, Paige, who lives in South Africa, who is the head girl of her school. Oh. And my, my note that I wrote in the, in the DVD that I sent to her was that I hope that she is inspired as I was and that she will share it with the school. Oh, yeah. Because it's just extraordinary. It's brilliant. How it didn't win the Oscar, I still can't. I mean, when I saw it, I was crying and I was, I mean, and I met one of the women who was the director. Just came up in her mind and she's like, let's do RBG, let's honor her. And that's brilliant because now your goddaughter will spread it around, RBG and the power of this woman. When it's I watched brilliant. the movie, I was on an airplane and I think I almost exploded <laughs> out of my seat. I was so excited it's, by the film. I've watched it because it's on airplanes. So I've watched it at least 15 times. I fly a lot. I've watched it and it never gets old. Yeah. Have you seen the movie with her on the basis of sex? I have seen that as well. Okay, I cried at the end when she comes walking up and Mimi Ledger is the director who I thought only a woman director would understand that and ask RBG to do this last scene in that moment. It's just, 
as an American woman, having her my whole life, knowing like she's there and she's this little frame of a lady and she's still doing it. I mean, yeah. but I get it why women around the world wouldn't know her. She's not a politician. Yeah. She's a ju- justice. So. I'll tell you who else is a big fan is my dad. Oh, really? <laughs> so I sent him the DVD as well. And then I was so excited to send him... Um, um, a photograph of the DVF awards like oh. dad this is how close I got to RBG <laughs> so it was the most I- incredible um, evening because I think I don't know how many people were there I think it was between probably about 150 and 200 people mm-hmm. and so you know going back to when I talked a little bit earlier about my career journey mm-hmm. What I didn't tell you was when I left school, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I was completely clueless. And I, one of my goals, which I giggle about now, was I wanted to be married by the age of 24 to a farmer and have two kids. That was kind of my ambition. Um, I had an interview with my high school headmistress in my last year. And I, as I said, I was clueless and um, I did a lot of sport. And so she said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I think I probably want to be a phys ed teacher. And she said, well, that's just as well, because you're not going to really amount to much more than that. Uh, And it's as I think about it now, I think it's pretty shocking. And I don't think that that would happen in this day and age. But at the same time, I consider that to be a gift mm. because it made me think, oh, yeah, right. I'll show you. Right. And so. Being at the DVF Awards and having RBG and (laughs) Hillary Clinton in the room and being so close to them was really one of those moments of enormous, enormous gratitude to to life, to Mm. this journey that I've been on. I would never have dreamed, A, that I'd be living in Washington, D.C. I'd be sitting in the Library of Congress with those extraordinary (laughs) women and be working with the amazing women that we work with around the world. Right, yeah, I I couldn't even imagine. I mean, every time that I'm in a place where I'm surrounded by smart, thoughtful women, I just always try to take a moment to appreciate it and let it all in. Because, you know, I'm the same. I grew up with not a lot of money and I've made this pathway for myself. And uh, yeah, just always, always thankful and in the moment. That's something I've learned over the years. I also saw on your Instagram that you are a fan of Greta, of course. (laughs) Aren't we all? And if you're not, you're wrong. No. (laughs) You can see how wide my grin is right now. I know. It's huge. I'm telling everyone it is huge. I love it. Yeah, she's... I bought her book for my niece. My niece is 11 years old and my niece is obsessed with the turtles and saving turtles. So I got her the book for Christmas and she was, she read it in like two days or something. So, yeah. So there are a number of things about Greta. Um, I've followed her for a couple of years and I love her because she, um, she says what she thinks. She's fearless. Mm -hmm. And I think so many of us in life live in fear. Uh, various different kinds of fear and uh, and a lot of it is fear of not saying what you think Mm -hmm. and she does and I I'm completely in love with Generation Z completely (laughs) totally (laughs) utterly and and so this includes Greta Mm -hmm. Malala Mm -hmm. um, Emma Gonzalez Mm -hmm. um, a young boy called Ryan Quixote who was recently featured in the Time uh, Top 100 people of last the lunch boy, mm-hmm. um, Generation Z, because I feel like they 
already are thinking about the legacy they want to leave. You know, they haven't even left school and they're wanting to make change. And it inspires me. It excites me so very much. Greta, I just love. And so the highlight for me, my two highlights (laughs) in my entire life was one, being so close to RVG (laughs) at the DBF Awards. And the other was that last year in December, I had the opportunity to go to Portugal with a group of Vital Voices women. Mm. And we were in Lisbon. And I arrived a day earlier because I'd never been to Lisbon before and I wanted to be a little bit of a tourist. So, of course, I'm following Greta as she's (laughs) sailing across the ocean to get back to Europe. And she posts that she's going to be arriving in Lisbon on the morning of my day off. (gasps) Oh, my God. I was so excited. So I rushed down to the harbor, of course. And the highlight was watching her sail in on that catamaran. And I was probably about 200 meters away from her, you know, quite in the distance. But it was such a moment, such a moment to see this little girl. And one of the sweetest things that happened um, as the boat came in, um, they they tied up on on the dock and got ready to get off the boat. And uh, they started walking up the gang, the gangway to go up to, and to speak to the crowds that were waiting to welcome her. And they realized they hadn't finished their paperwork. So the, all the, the customs officials or whoever had to come back onto the boat. Everyone had to climb back on. So all the adults went down below to go and do all the paperwork. And there was a baby on the boat. And I think the baby is probably about a year old or something. So Greta stayed outside and she was holding this baby and bouncing it around whilst everyone else was taking care of the paper. It was such an endearing, beautiful moment yeah. to watch. Yeah. Um, and, and just sort of reminded me also of her humanness. You mm-hmm. know, she, she's just such an extraordinary young woman yeah. and um, doing amazing things at, at such a perfect time yeah. in, in life. Yeah, there's also, I don't know if you know her, um, Miss Flint from the Flint Water Crisis in Michigan. She started when she was like nine years old saying we have, you know, our water's dirty, our water's dirty. No one really paid attention. And she's the same age group as these, these kids. I mean, and now she's a massive, I mean, Obama met her and multiple, and they call her little Miss Flint. And now she's like 14 years old. But I mean, these kids are remarkable. I look at my niece too, and she's 11 and she's talking about turtles and saving the turtles. I was not thinking of that at 11. I got to be really honest. I was thinking of my babysitter club book and, you know, Nancy Drew. I wasn't thinking of these. So yeah, they are a remarkable generation. And that says something I think about the parents who are raising them to be kind, thoughtful children of this new generation. I mean, and then you got Maya and the bees. Yes, I know. Also incredible. Remarkable. Yeah, I know. There's so many. Yeah. We could do a whole podcast. Generation Z <laughs> yes, is <I> agree. awesome. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. I, I have a niece and two nephews, and I'm so proud that they're thoughtful, kind human beings. And they think of other people always, and I just love that. And they also seem to be a lot more globally aware of Very what's global. going on. I think a lot of it is because they have access to YouTube. They watch a lot of YouTube. My niece says things, and I'm like, where did you hear that? Because she doesn't watch news, and it's YouTube. Everything's YouTube, so... She, they follow people on Instagram, they, they, so they're connected more. We, my generation wasn't connected until later in our lives, and then my generation can be very self-involved, but yeah. So generation, I agree. There, there's something great. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. I have one final question that I always ask everyone, and it's like a shocker question. It's, <laughs> and I like to leave it until the end so people don't have time to think about it. It's three words to describe yourself. Wow. <laughs> That's not one of the words. Um, 
It could be because I think of wow when I, now that I'm done, I mean, <laughs> it's wow. Yeah. It's an interesting question. Uh, we've, we've been doing an exercise in Vital Voices in the last couple of weeks about our driving force. Mm. You know, what, what drives us as individuals? Um, in three words, I would say perhaps that I am a nurturing, inspirational teacher. I like those three words. I agree. Yes, you did well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Zoe. This has been an amazing time in D.C. in the Vital Voices office. Thank you. Thank you. This is the OG of the HRC signing out. Mm-hmm.